And we have, uh, both of the graduates sent us some pictures, and we're just going to take a look at them and let them kind of explain what those pictures are all about. And uh, the first one, we'll, we'll talk to Brittany first here, if I can get this to work. Uh, why don't you tell us about this picture, Brittany? Um, this is my senior picture, and it was taken at the cemetery in Marquette. Okay. And... Tell us why you have a picture of a classroom here. I plan on attending Northern in the fall to be, um, I'm thinking, an elementary education teacher. Okay. And your final picture, tell us about this one. I was asked to choose a picture of um, people or a person that inspires me, and I chose my family. Right. Thank you. We have, uh, as a church, we have a, a gift for you just to say congratulations on your graduation, and we will continue to pray for you uh, as you move on to uh, your next level of education. Let's all give Brittany a hand. And then we have Steve Snow, Steve N. Snow. Tell us about this picture, Steve. Oh, let's see. Well, this is, I'm not sure which year this is of me hunting, but it's middle of winter, probably more like December, and yeah, I'm out hunting in the winter. <laughs> and this is hunting in the summer? No. <laughs> Tell us more about this. Sorry, Miles, this is the spring. Get it right. <laughs> summer comes in like August, and then we're done. Come on. Uh, no, this is my first uh, turkey I shot, and this is when I was 13. It was kind of fun hunt. It was like a lot of action in quick time. I had barely set up and just, yeah. Who has a bird out there? I heard it. And what are your plans for the, for the future? Uh, in the fall, I'm uh, attending NMU to get my welding certificate for one semester. And why don't you tell us about your last picture? This picture is from my uh, grandparents' 50th anniversary. This is where I got to see a lot of my family I don't see much, and hung out, played some games. Got to see Big John try to get in a, in a suit that's probably about four times too small for him. So <laughs> it was very fun. OK. Steve, we have a gift for you, and congratulations on your graduation. And let's give Steve a hand. And if you guys will just stay here for a minute, I'm going to pray for you, and then you guys can go sit down, and then we'll do some other stuff for you. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Uh, God, we're here to worship you and to honor you, and I thank you for the opportunity also to be honoring uh, Steve and Brittany as uh, they've uh, accomplished their, their high school education. They're done, and they're ready to move on, and God... I thank you that uh, both of them have placed their trust in you and are wanting to follow you with their lives. And I thank you for uh, giving us the opportunity to get to know them and to be a part of their lives. And I thank you for all that we've learned and, uh, from them and, and what we've been able to, uh, the relationships that we've been able to build with them. 
I thank you, God, for uh, the rest of this service and for those that are involved in it. And I pray this in your name. Amen. do to have the kind of faith it takes to climb out of this boat I'm in onto the crashing waves to step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is and he's holding out his hand but the waves are calling out my name and they laugh at me Reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed The waves that keep on telling me time and time again Boy, you'll never win you never win But the voice of truth tells me a different story The voice of truth says do not be afraid And the voice of truth Says this is for my glory Out of all the voices calling out to me I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth Oh, what I would do to have The kind of take to stand before a giant with just a sling and a stone Surrounded by the sound of a thousand warriors Shaking in their armor Wishing they'd have had the strength to stand But the giant's calling out my name And he laughs at me Reminding me of all the times I've tried before and failed The giant keeps on telling me Time and time again Boy, you'll never win you never win But the voice of truth Tells me a different story The voice of truth Says do not be afraid And the voice of truth Says this is for my glory Out of all the voices calling out to me I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth I will listen and believe I will listen and believe the voice of truth I will listen and believe Cause Jesus you are the voice of truth And I will listen to you
Well, there's a lot, a lot of things I'd like to share with the Church about Brittany because she is very shy and a lot of people don't know her, but she, um, she absolutely loves frogs. If she could do anything uh, kind of childish, so to speak, uh, she loves to catch frogs. So, yeah. One thing I'd like to uh, let people know about Brittany is she loves to laugh and to giggle and to be just a little girl, just be free to be a little girl. She just loves that. Um, she has a very soft heart for the underdog, whether it is um, a, a child, uh, she feels her heart breaks for people that are uh, addicted to drugs and things like that, and, and she loves the elderly, so she is just, she has a very soft heart for people. I think mine is her strength. She's a very, very strong girl. Very, um, very solid when she knows what she wants. She's very solid, very strong about it. Hmm. Well, this is nothing new for her, but um, I would love for her to really lean on the Lord. For direction in her life and um, just to seek him and what he has for her. Yeah, mine's the same. Um, the trials in life are going to come and the sooner that you, you really dig into the word of the Lord and le learn to lean on him for strength, um, the stronger the better off you will be. You will learn that his strength is what you need, and that's sufficient. There's lots of things I could say, and it, a lot of things that would probably embarrass Brittany, so I'll have to pick something that won't embarrass her too much. Um, well, I think it was really cool the first time that she babysat her brothers. Um, she made movie tickets for them and uh, fake money to buy treats and she had treats set out so they could buy their own treats and I just thought that was really awesome of her to treat her brothers so well. Uh, she's a very good big sister. She, you know, siblings have their issues sometimes but she has a good heart for her brothers and that was kind of a neat thing I thought. <laughs> I'll never forget the time that uh, I was doing some landscaping in the front yard and um, so there's some fresh dirt out there and it rained and Brittany ran out and played in the rain and she, uh, she ended up putting mud all over her uh -huh. face and on top of her head. And then she went to the neighbor's house and knocked on the door to, to show them and we didn't think she'd do it, but she did it. <laughs> <laughs> they took a picture of her too. I'm very proud of her. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of who she's becoming. Um, I love her. I want her to know that and that I always will. Um, it's been a road of ups and downs, but I'll, I'll never stop loving her as my daughter. I want her to know that.
Well, Stevie used to wear girls' swimming suits. I'm not making that up. <laughs> I would say I would let you know that Stevie is a youper through and through, and his life motto is buy licenses, hunt, fish, repeat. His honesty. When he says something, you can take it to the bank. And I would say he's a family man. From growing up all the way to age 18, he plays with the family, hangs with the family, eats with the family. He's always put his family first. Uh, the same advice that my grandmother gave me and that was not to talk to girls because they make your head mush. And my advice to Stevie is please always put on a clean pair of socks. Please. I'll never forget the time that I visited Jody for one of the very first times and there was pepperoni, pepperoni stuck on the ceiling. Uh, Goose, Stevie, was only a year and a half, two years old at the time. And I looked up at the pepperoni and I asked Jody how the pepperoni got on the ceiling. And Jody said, Stevie put it up there. <laughs> I don't know how he got it up there, but if you know Stevie, <laughs> you can imagine that, uh, right. And I would say I would remember the time when Frank gave Stevie firearm lessons so that he could go hunt for the very first time. He was 10 years old, and he gave him an empty gun, put it on his shoulder, and said, you carry this until I tell you. And then, 45 minutes later, this little guy was still marching through the house, right, left, right, left, very serious gun on his shoulder, and it was now half hour past his bedtime. And he said, when can I put this down? And it took a long time for me to find his dad who was asleep in the truck and had <laughs> forgotten. <laughs> and he did get a turkey that year, or a goose. A goose. A goose. That's why we call him Goose, because Goose and I belly crawled up to a, a nice gander at Sand Lake and he shot him with his 20 As imperfect as I have been as a father, um, I love him. As imperfect as I have been as a mother, I love him very much. Happy graduation and happy birthday. Ditto. It's only for a moment you were mine to hold The plans that heaven has for you will all too soon unfold So many different prayers I'll pray for all that you might do But most of all I want to know you're walking in the truth
Every other Wednesday at 7 o'clock at night, uh, I get to get together with uh, a group of high schoolers from our church, and we work on leadership training, and we talk about various things and plan things like this service. Uh, one of my favorite, we, we, we get there at 7 and we eat a little bit, but my favorite part by far uh, every, every other Wednesday is the opportunity we, we get to share with each other what we're learning in our devotions. And I listen to, that, to the group uh, share what God's been teaching them. And I, there's nothing better than that. Hearing what God is teaching young people and what, how, what it means to their lives. And as we were planning this service, I asked the leadership group if any of them would like to speak. And uh, Abby said she would like to share a little bit of what God's teaching her in her devotions. And so she's just going to come and share a, a, a little devotional with us. So, like you said, I was reading my devotions, and um, I've noticed in my life uh, reluctance to follow some verses in the Bible exactly, uh, like a reluctance to repent to someone or a reluctance to share the gospel with someone that needs it. Um, these hesitations come, I think, from my own fear of being laughed at or ridiculed. Um, but I read a verse a while ago that kind of told me not to do that, like um, I shouldn't be doing that. Um, I was reading Matthew 4, 18 to 22, where Jesus calls his disciples. Um, in, verse, uh, in verse 20, it says, Immediately they left their nets and followed him, talking about Simon Peter and Andrew. Um, Jesus saw them working and said, Follow me. And... Um, they left everything they were doing, and immediately they followed Jesus. They left their life, job, friends, family, and living behind to follow Jesus. There was no hesitation. It was the same for James and John. Um, they left their follow father with all of the work to follow Jesus. Um, they left all they knew behind. Um, a couple chapters later, Jesus calls Matthew. Verse 9 of chapter 9 says, Jesus said to Matthew, follow me, and he rose and followed him. Um, again, he left, had no hesitation. He left his job, his living way of making money behind, and um, followed Jesus. And when I feel like God's calling me to do something, I tend to hesitate, make up reasons why I shouldn't be doing it, or say, I can do it tomorrow. But the disciples, they didn't say, let's wait a day and let me close up what my work is. But they left everything and they followed him. Um, they didn't second guess, say, should I be doing this? I barely know this guy. They just followed him right away, and I can just try my hardest to follow Jesus without hesitation. share a short drama with you. Uh, every year when we plan this service, someone wants to do a drama. And that's not my thing, but I love doing it because they like doing it. So, Or maybe they don't like doing it, I don't know. Anyway. All right, guys, you guys have your scripts. Let's, we'll rehearse in here. If you, guys are, you guys are spread out pretty well. But uh, we need to, ba first basic Part of, of acting is we need to have our bodies prepared. So why don't we just start by warming up a little bit. My turn. 
What are you guys doing? Warming up. Uh, no, please stop. But I haven't had my turn yet. Uh, that's not what I meant by warming up. I was talking about stretching. Oh, stretching. Why didn't you say so? <laughs> whoa, 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 stop! What are you guys doing? Are you insane? I will, yes. You're doing it wrong. I thought so. Give me the other leg. No. Everybody stop. Get away from her. Just spread out again. Never mind. We'll skip the body warm-up. And let's, let's go ahead and do some vocal warm-ups. Vocal warm-ups? Yeah, we need to warm up our throats if we're going to be acting. Oh, I get it. I'll take a hot chocolate. Coffee for me. Me too. I'll have a tea. I'm not talking about warm liquids. I'm talking about vocal exercises. You know, like, me, me, my, mo, moo. May your mama moo. What does that mean? I think he's calling his mother a cow. That's not very nice. That happened to be a vocal warm-up exercise. You're supposed to repeat it with me. Are you kidding? I'm not saying that. Me neither. I like my mom. You guys me don't too. even know what I'm talking about, do you? Yeah, we do. Your mother's a cow, so what? My mother's not a cow, and neither is any other. Your mother's cow doesn't have any udders? Then it's probably a bull. I think someone needs to get their farm animals straight. I give up. Didn't any, any of you read the book that I gave you? The big one? You mean the thing with all the pages? We were supposed to read it? I thought it was a gift. It was a gift. But it was also an investment in our drama team. It's an acting manual. A manual? I thought you said it was a book. Book, manual, same thing. But it's still a gift, right? Yes, it's a gift. My goodness, you don't need to get all mad about it. It's a gift that's also a book, and it's about acting. So what's it about? Just acting! Oh, I was totally convinced. You could have fooled me. He's not mad? You were just acting? Totally felt it. Way to go. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so when do we get to act? You don't. Not until you've read the book on, a on acting first. That way you can follow my directions. Directions? Where are we going? Stage directions. You know, like stage left, stage right, upstage, backstage. Brain overload. Yeah, that's a little advanced for us, I think. Those terms are too confusing for us beginners, you know? Exactly. That's why it's important that you read the manual. Trying to act without the manual is like trying to witness without the gospel. The gospel? The scriptures. Scriptures? The Bible? God's word? That book that you bring with you to, to church on Sundays? Well, the paperweight. I use mine for a seat boost. The table leg stabilizer. I use it to balance on my head for my training as a model. Oh, boy. <laughs> the Bible is to prepare you for doing ministry. The acting manual is to prepare you for acting. Until you've read both of those, you have no business being in a drama ministry. But we're never going to get to act. 
If we have to read the whole Bible first. So just start with the book of John. Another book? Enough with the books already. Are we joining a drama team or a library staff? Good grief. The book of John is a book in the Bible. The Bible is a collection of books. They're all put together to make one big book. So they're books within a book. Yeah, kind of like a sketch within a sketch. What's a sketch within a sketch? It's kind of where you think a sketch is about one thing, but it's really about another thing. Does that even work? Depends on the actors, I guess. I've seen some pretty bad ones. Anyway, let's just dismiss for now, and let's all go home and read the manual so we don't go on stage and embarrass ourselves. If we're going to do ministry of any kind, we need to follow the book. After uh, I asked our leadership group if any of them wanted to be a part of our uh, Youth Sunday and Graduation Sunday service here, uh, there were obviously a lot of holes still. And so I sent around a sign-up sheet through Sunday School and asked if anybody else would like to be involved in our service and if they could write down their name and what they would want to do. And I was a little surprised when someone wrote down that they wanted to speak till I saw that it was Ryan, and I've heard him speak before, and he's very good at it, and I'm impressed with his courage to come and speak, so he's going to come and share with us uh, also from God's Word this morning. All right, we're going to be taking a look in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 8, if you want to take your Bibles and turn there. Um, We're going to take a look at how God sees us as believers in verses 3 through 8 of Ephesians chapter 1. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. In verse 4 in this section, um, I want to focus on that specifically. It says that God sees us without fault in his eyes. And this is a really important detail um, because this means that God sees us as believers as completely faultless. And however, this doesn't mean that we don't see our sin anymore. Um, we see all the bad things we do and it, we don't feel perfect. But the reality is, is that as believers in Christ, we are seen perfect by God. So we're still living with our mistakes and we still see them, but God has put them out of his sight. When we are working through sin issues, we can remember that God still sees us as completely pure. But this can lead us to the question, does our sin no longer affect our relationship with God? Well, the answer is no. Our sin does have a big effect on the relationship with, in, with our relationship with God. Um, it hinders it. 
And we can vividly see this through David's example in Psalm chapter 32. David says, When I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Day and night your hand of discipline was heavy on me. And then David later goes on to say, Finally, I confessed all my sins to you, and I stopped trying to hide my guilt, and you forgave me. All of my guilt is gone. So once we confess our sin to God, we are drawn closer to him, and he is more than willing to forgive us. So the weight of our sin is gone. Now for a moment, let's uh, turn over to the first chapter of Job and take a look at his example. In verse 8 of chapter 1, it says, Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. This is such an incredible compliment to Job. The ruler and creator of the universe that we live in is so pleased with this guy that he says there's no one on earth who is better than him. And when I read that, I'm just amazed by God's compliment, and I think I would love to have a compliment like that from God. But I see my sins and my mistakes, and it seems like he would never say anything like that to me. But then, because of my faith in Jesus Christ, and that he has forgiven me of my sins, God does see me as a fine person, and blameless, and of complete integrity, who fears God and stays away from evil just as he sees all other believers in Christ. Perhaps this morning you wish that you could say that this is how God sees you, just as he sees anyone else who believes in Christ, and that Christ died on the cross and rose again to save us from sin. God sees people who aren't believers as sinful people, but he sees anyone who believes in Christ as completely pure, as though they have never sinned before, because Christ has forgiven their sins. So if that's your desire for God to see you that way, you can become a believer this morning and God will see you with no more sin. So let's real quick take a look at, um, to see what it means to be a believer. Um, Paul, the Apostle Paul states the answer plainly in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. Paul says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. So here Paul is saying that you need personal faith that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose back to life to forgive the sins of those who believe in him. It is critical that you believe this in your own heart. And it's false to think that you can be saved by being around other believers, or maybe if your family is mostly believers, or even if you attend church regularly. None of these things can save you, but rather it's the decision that you make to believe that Jesus died and rose on the, died on the cross and rose again to forgive your sins because of his deep love for you. So after personal faith is established in Christ, Paul says that we must confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord in order to be saved. So this means that we must publicly speak out and proclaim our belief in Jesus. Now, He's not saying that we have to get up in front of a large crowd of people and talk through a microphone to announce that, but um, what he's getting at is that we can't cower away from telling people in our lives about our belief in Jesus. So let's take a look at the significance of telling others about Christ. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, Jesus says, Everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But anyone who denies me here on earth, I will also deny before my Father in heaven. 
So telling other people that we believe in Jesus is so important that if we don't, Jesus won't tell God about us. So, in order to be saved, we must believe in our own hearts that Jesus died to save us from sin and rose again, and we must tell others about it. So if you're not a believer and you would like to become a believer by accepting Jesus into your life as your personal God and Savior, you can repeat this prayer in your heart right now this morning. Dear Lord Jesus, I recognize the fact that I am a sinner. I believe that you are the Son of God and that you died on the cross so that my sins could be forgiven. I ask that you would forgive me of my sins and help me to turn away from them. And I ask that you would come into my heart to be my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. So if this morning you have decided to make this decision, um, we would love to know about that. So you can uh, feel free to talk to one of our pastors or Miles or myself. And let me close in a word of prayer real quick. Dear Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that I have to share your word and this opportunity for the rest of us youth to help in leading the service. And I, I pray that you would be with us the rest of this day and that we would uh, continually grow strong in our relationship with you. And I pray that we would honor you in all that we do and all that we say and all that we think this week. In Jesus' name, amen.